This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. It's hour number three of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan, and we're about to talk with one of our favorites, the former Cowboy lineman. Yes, on the line is Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car, go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, get it delivered. You can also hear Brian with Jason LaConfora on Baldy's Breakdowns with new episodes out every week. Just search Baldy on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast. Good afternoon, Brian. How the heck are you? I'm doing fantastic. Right I'm on. Uh, here at L.A., nice sunny day, getting ready for championship Sunday, just, you know, talking some football. I mean, it's a good time of the year. Yes, sir. So so what exactly are you doing in L.A., talk, talking football with Odyssey, or what's going down out there? No, the NFL Network. I'm just out here at the network right now and getting ready to do a two-hour total access, just kind of, okay. you know, basically talking about the four teams still standing. Yes, sir. And uh, some of the matchups that we're all getting forward, you know, just getting ready to watch this this Sunday. Well, we we love seeing you on there. Of course, we love getting you on here. And you know, I guess for the Cowboys, uh, it, it's it's another so close and, and so far away type of feeling. What's missing from from this team to get it done? Were they just unlucky again? Well, I don't think you know they're not unlucky. They you know they they, they played against a really good football team that really doesn't have a weakness. And so I thought Dallas defensively played great. Um, you know, they give up one two-yard touchdown the entire day. Um, they really kind of contained a red-hot quarterback and a lot of weapons. I mean, they, they played well. Offensively, you know, they just didn't make enough. They didn't make enough plays. Now, San Francisco did a lot in that game defensively that are difficult to be, defeat. They've got good players at every position. Um, you know, they've won 12 games in a row for a reason. So, they, I, I don't think they're unlucky. Uh, they just didn't make enough plays. And then, you know, the interceptions were costly. The interceptions led to two field goals. And you can say, okay, you got to play perfect, but it's hard to be aggressive and be perfect. But, you know, the throw to the outside picked off by Lenore to Gallup there, you know, is a throw that Dak made against Washington for pick six. Like he has made that throw late in the progression outside, and it almost looks like he makes the throw without really looking at the coverage. It's almost like a reaction throw when they take CD and Schultz away and he's coming late in the progression. That's when he tends to make some of these mistakes, and it was a costly mistake. Is it fair to say for Dak that, you know, he's around 30, he's in his prime. If you are going to get it done and be able to execute against that level of team in the playoffs, he's going to need better protection and better weapons? Or, or how would you uh, – yeah. yeah. I think so. I mean, I think, I, I think that's well said. Like, it's, it's clear that he can't and, – and I don't mean this in a negative way because I don't know how many guys can do this. But he, he needs more help around him to be more successful. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, CD is a really good player. You want him on your team. You want to be throwing the football to him. I don't know that he's a real number one. Just from the standpoint, I know they move him around like he's number one, but sometimes you just need that horse. You know, there's just a difference between a number one and kind of a faux number one. Uh, they, need, they need another guy on the outside that can really win whether it's man, whether it's zone, it's just a, he just got more dog in him than some of the guys they have. And that's just, you know, San Francisco has that. Uh, Cincinnati certainly has that. 
Philadelphia and A.J. Brown has that and Devontae in too far away. So if you look at the teams that are standing, they've got those dogs on the outside. Now, Michael Irvin was that guy and, you know, Dez was that. I mean, they've had those guys in Dallas. They know what they look like. I don't know that they have that guy. Baldy, we're going to miss your breakdowns from our unicorn that is Micah Parsons. I know he's going to miss him too. What did you think about his game against San Francisco, and how did you see him evolve throughout the course of the season? Well, they asked him to do a lot on Sunday. I mean, you don't – George Kittle is the best blocking tight end in the league, and he slapped George to the ground. He couldn't block him in the run game. He slapped him to the ground in the pass game. He, he humped Mike McGlinchey at 315 pounds to the ground like it was Reggie White out there. Um, he chased the quarterback from sideline to sideline and forced him into, you know, incompletions. You know, the first sack of the day by Odigazua. I mean, you know, Micah just reads the play instinctively, jumps right in the passing lane on a bubble to Debo, and really Purdy had nowhere to go with the ball, and he took the sack. I mean, he just changes the game in so many different ways. It's just He's just an unusual player. Uh, scouts, um, their job is to study the movement of players. And his movement is unlike anybody else's. And a lot of it is just just natural instincts for the game. And when his instincts just take over, he's rarely wrong. And physically, he's as dominant as anybody in the business. Now, you can say, okay, well, he went up against Trent Williams. He didn't beat him. Well, he didn't. Nobody really beats Trent. But you, it's not like the play's over. You can still, you know, force a sack because you're in the passing lane. You can still get off the block and go chase Proc Purdy to the sideline and force an incompletion. I mean, there's a lot of ways to influence the game. And then he's, you know, he's, he's covering backs. McCaffrey out of the backfield. He's running to the middle of the Tampa two, and he's taking away, uh, you know, Debo in the middle of the field and forcing a check down. Like he just influences the game in a ways that really nobody else can. Baldy, how big of a loss is it going to be uh, for the Cowboys defensively? If Quinn gets a head coaching job and, and what would you, what would you pivot to if you were the Cowboys and replacing him? Well, I've always said this from really my days of playing with Tom Landry when every year he was losing assistant coaches. I've always said it's harder to replace good assistant coaches than it is good players. Dan Quinn has been – he's been great. They played a great defensive game against a really good offense um, on Sunday. I, I think it would be huge. I, I mean, I don't think San Francisco's where they're at right now, as good as they are defensively without D'Amico Ryans. I don't think the Cowboys are nearly as good defensively without Dan Quinn running it. Now, they have got great team speed, and the speed showed up. Donovan Wilson, Layton, I mean, those guys can flat out run and chase. But I thought he did a great job of covering up a weakness for a long part of the season at the left corner position when they had injuries there. I thought he did a good job of masking that a little bit. Um, you know, his, his ability to play with, you know, rookies like he did this year with, you know, whether it was Deron Bland or whoever, like be able to integrate those guys into the system. I think it would be huge if they lose Dan Quinn. Baldy, uh, and I'm going to circle back about with Dak. And I know after the game, Jimmy Ward said Dak struggles against zone coverages. In your studies, is it something that you've noticed yourself? Is he just making a statement? Or is this something that, you know, throughout it's like, yeah, he, he's right. When a team plays zone coverages, it's a little bit more difficult for him to have to read the coverage. Well, I mean, look, Jimmy's talking from, you know, that play that he made where Fred Warner intercepted it and then took points off the board of the Cowboys and got the ball back to the 49ers. So he was in zone coverage. Right. And it was pretty clear that Dak didn't see him. Either that or he thought he could fit the ball in, and he couldn't. And the ball got tipped and he got intercepted. Um, look, their zone 
there's not many teams that play zone like San Francisco. They disguise a lot, uh, but they're basically a zone team. They, but, you, you know, you still have inside linebackers like Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw. I mean, they're just different animals. Their speed that they play with, the intensity they play with play-to-play, um, their ability to break on a ball. And you can add Aziz Al-Jalari in there, uh, Al-Shahir as well. I mean, those guys, their speed is as fast as anybody. And then if you add Fofanga down there or Jimmy Ward, like that's those windows close fast. And you could say, okay, well, Dak, you know, he's better against man. Well, okay, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe he, he, if the guys separate quickly, and I, I have questions about some of the receivers they have, if they can do that. But um, you, you can throw the ball with a little easier anticipation if you're going up against man coverage than you are against zone. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you pull the trigger and there's Jimmy Ward breaking on the ball, and you're like, oh, man, what would I just do here? Like, you know, it's, they play zone a little bit different than a lot of teams. That's why they're the number one defense in football. To Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger here with you on 105.3 The Fan. Over the last four years, nobody has more per-down production than Dak and, and his defenders. You know, there's a big debate raging nationally and, and locally here, but but what do you say when they mention the stats with Dak Prescott? Because, boy, they do accumulate those well in, in the regular season. Yeah, they do. They score a lot of points against bad teams, and I'm not downgrading the stat. I mean, the stat's the stat, but, I mean, you can make stats do whatever you want. The only stat, really, that's important to a Cowboy quarterback is how you play in the postseason. Fair or unfair, you're going to be measured against Roger and Troy all the time. And so, Tony Romo is a really good quarterback. He didn't win a lot of games in the postseason. And that's where Dak is at right now. And so, until you can get through that hurdle, and Peyton Manning had to get through that hurdle for the first few years of his career, until you break through that barrier, people that support Dak are going to throw those kind of stats at you. But either you have big game genes or you don't. Some guys, they just raise their level in the postseason. Troy did. Troy was a better postseason quarterback than he was a regular season quarterback. Um, guys have done that, you know, throughout their careers. And that's where Dak is at right now. He's going to win a lot of games. He's going to look really good like he did, you know, the week before against Tampa with no pass rush and a zone team that, you know, really wasn't very good and broke down. And he can look all world. And he can put up great numbers. And then you go up against, because this is what happens in any playoff year. The further you go in the playoffs, the better the defense is. I saw it in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. Won a lot of games, put up a lot of stats. He'd get far into the playoffs, and all of a sudden his production fell off. Because the other team was much was better than what he had seen. And, and that's what happened to Dak on Sunday. He saw a defense that they hadn't seen. Philadelphia times can be that good. Um, so that was a good test. But really, San Francisco doesn't have a weakness in any position. They're fully healthy. And so that's what he saw. That's what he's going to be up against every year in the postseason. So you either get better around Dak or somehow Dak elevates his game in these big games. But you can't consider moving on from him, right? Like his contract's up in two years. You, you got to like build better around him. You, you don't, you don't think about moving on and finding a different quarterback. Would you? I wouldn't right now. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to be in the postseason probably next year. Uh, you know, you got to play better in these divisional round than you do in the wild card round. And this round, this, you know, championship round is another level. Each week when you play these teams, like you're going to raise your level. We, we said that about Kirk Cousins. He wins a lot of games, puts up a lot of stats, doesn't win big games. Um, it's just, I mean, there's, you have to make that. That's an organizational decision if you think that guy can do it. Um, Baltimore is faced with that decision with Lamar Jackson right now, whether to give him a guaranteed contract, knowing what he's done in the postseason so far, and with an injury history. So it is, it is a factor. 
it is a, it is a conversation that should have should take place um, because like Cincinnati isn't where they're at without Joe Burrow, and you know right now San Francisco is not where they're at without the play of Brock Purdy, rookie or no rookie. They're not where they're at without him right now. So that position is so important, and Dak does everything right, leadership and work ethic. All those are all wins all the way around. But it's about production in the postseason. And we saw what Joe Burrow did on the road in Buffalo. We saw what he did in Kansas City last year. Like he – like there's not, a, there's not a bunch of them. There's a handful of those guys. And you say, okay, can we get one of those guys? Because if you can upgrade a position, you upgrade a position. But nobody really knows that position until they get out there and they play in these kind of games. You obviously know line play very, very well. Cowboys asked their rookie Tyler Smith to do a lot this year, moving from guard – to tackle, back to guard, back to tackle. Did they find another gem there in the first round moving forward? Yep. Yep, they did. He's a good player. And, you know, I talked to guys. I remember I talked to Steve Hutchinson, the all, uh, the Hall of Fame guard of the Vikings in Seattle in the offseason about him. And he had him, and he, he does uh, all kinds of draft work for Seattle in the organization. And he had Tyler. They drafted Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. But he had Tyler Smith as the number one ranked left tackle or left or tackle period. And I said, why? And he said, because he's the nastiest tackle in the draft. And that's what I saw. I saw a guy that's just got a lot of nasty in him, got a lot of ability to move big bodies. Uh, He's a very, very powerful kid. Um, I think they found gold in Tyler Smith. Now, nobody wants to commit the penalties that he committed. And he had a few of those, probably too many. Uh, But I thought he was a really good player. And I think whether they play him at guard or play him at tackle, I think they got themselves a Pro Bowl player in his ability. And this might be an unfair question here, Baldy, but as somebody who studies the film, I don't know if you noticed, you know, maybe maybe a regression, but do you think maybe we saw Tyron Smith's last game in the NFL? I don't think so. I mean, Nick Bosa couldn't beat him. I mean, he got his grips. You know, nobody has, you know, grips like Tyron. Like, he's the strongest hands ever. He got his hands on Nick Bosa. He couldn't get off him. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think Tyron can still play. Now, I know he's got an injury history and all that, and that does accumulate over time, but I, I thought he played really well on Sunday. And throughout, you know, I, I thought he got better. Uh, initially, I thought there was going to be a little trouble going to the right side. Um, but I thought he settled in real well. And, you know, Terrence Steele was a really solid player um, before the injury. But I thought Tyron, as the games went on and he kind of got locked in, that I thought he looked really good on the right side. And I think he could still play. What's the Super Bowl matchup going to be? Well, I don't know how anybody could go against Cincinnati right now. And um, San Francisco's got a 12-game win streak, but I live in Philadelphia, and if I said San Francisco's going to win, i got to go back into Philly. Like, I'm not going to be let back into the city. So um, the Eagles are better in the trenches than the 49ers, and I just believe that that's where you win these games. So uh, knowing Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson, the guys like I do, I, I think Philadelphia will take care of business. I think Philadelphia and Cincinnati – is going to be the matchup. Baldy, who is the better defense between Philly and San Francisco? Uh, I think Philadelphia has a better defensive line. I think the 49ers have a much better linebacking core and rely on Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner and um, Al Shaheer way better than Philadelphia. And I think the secondary, as far as just matching up and playing the ball in the air, I think nobody's better than Philadelphia. Uh, were you offended at the Pizza Hut order of Nick Sirianni? And then he doubled down. Uh, he said that he went Little Caesars mm-hmm. to watch Cowboys and Niners. 
You know, one thing I like about Nick is <laughs> Nick's not afraid to put anything out there. And I don't know of any coach, head coach, in any sport that's having more fun than Nick. <laughs> and it rubs off on the players. So if Nick wants, you know, Little Caesars Pizza, you know, versus, I don't know, Pizza Hut versus the local pizzeria on Oregon and Pashyunk, like, more power to Nick. Go do it. <laughs> would you be willing during the Super Bowl if we bump into each other, could, would you be willing to put your hand on my face, palm my face like a basketball with your messed up pinky fingers so we could take a picture? If, if you want that photo op, I'll provide that photo op. Hell yeah, baby. I'll <laughs> see you at the media, media party. Just be prepared for you know, the, how fast that thing goes viral. All right? Just be prepared for the feedback. Perfect. <laughs> I'm ready, baby. Thanks, Baldy. Appreciate you as always. Yep. Yep. Enjoy My your time in L.A. That was Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls brought to you by driveway.com. Head to driveway.com. Shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in driveways nationwide inventory. Tyron Smith can still play. Do you agree? And if the medical staff would give you a thumbs up, he's not that old. Could you let Steele go? That's a chance to save 10, 12 million against the cap right there. If you think Tyron's got a couple of years left, sound like Baldy still did. That's an interesting question. He, he, he compared the Dak situation to Kirk Cousins and Donovan McNabb. You know, just every, every level that you go to requires a higher competency at quarterback in order to execute and get the win there. Or you have a team that can help carry the quarterback through that. Uh, you know, I, I thought he, he was really dishing out some wisdom there in that we always appreciate Baldy joining us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.